This is How's It China with Cliff Central and China Plus. Download the podcast on the Cliff Central website, app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are lots of people in the world who are curious about China. I didn't just bring that up out of the blue. It's something that's been on our minds for a long, long time. You know, there's this this nascent world superpower that is right there for all of us to go and visit. It's there for all of us to learn a little bit more about. And most people think of of China either in in some very simplistic or stereotypical way, or they think of it as a place that's just too enormous and too overwhelming. We're going to try and do something that I I don't know has been done before. We're going to try and give you a one-stop shop for learning more about China. We're going to talk about um, China's history in South Africa, the cuisine, the language, the opportunities for South Africans in China and for uh, Chinese people in South Africa, and many other things. And we're calling it How's It China? How's that? <laughs> Which I think is a nice combination of South Africa's sense of humor and the ability for us to to integrate so much of what China already has to do with our lives. I mean, there probably isn't a day that goes by that you don't use a product that was made in China, that there isn't some connection to Chinese people and Chinese industry and art and history and culture. And uh, we, we're going to talk to some people who've been in China. We're going to talk to people who've had experience there. And we hope to immerse you a little bit in the culture of China. Pumi Mashiko is a, a regular contributor to our show. And she's also someone who, like me, is fascinated by the country and wants to know more. So between Pumi and I, we're going to learn a whole lot more. And hopefully you're going to learn a whole lot more with us, too. It's all part of what we're calling How's It China? And it starts today. So this morning, we've got someone called Botlale in, and Botlale has been in China. He's actually studied Mandarin. It's nice to have you here, man. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Thanks sure. Me. What an absolute pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into your relationship yeah. with China and how you ended up going there and why you studied Mandarin. Like, and, how does yeah. a nice Tswana guy like yourself yeah, end up happen? in China? Yeah, so... Um, so I was curious. I think I think that, that that's, that's the, the word I'd use as to... How I ended up in China mm-hmm. And it really began with me Learning Mandarin at Wits Language School Oh right Yeah so just casually tried to pick up Mandarin Well it's not a, casual I mean, <laughs> Why? Was how? there like a Chinese chick that you were eyeing out? No hardly Why hardly. do you want to learn the hardly. language? <laughs> hardly I mean so I'm, a, I'm an economist right And you know like, as, oh. you, as you said earlier on I mean China China is You know it's growing in, 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 in size And influence in the world So I wanted to go out there and see it for myself and experience it firsthand, you know. Um, you know, left here with my own stereotypes about what it is and how it'd be like. And, you know, and when I got there, I was absolutely blown away. Wow. What is the most surprising thing when you first see China? Because, I mean, we all, we see these incredible cityscapes and we see these incredible countryscapes. And, I mean, I've seen pictures. I've looked at them since I was a kid. Mm. Because China really is so many places rolled into one. Sure. There are... There are parts of China that are so wild with forests and mm. beautiful colors. There's the those classical pictures we see of the wall. We see yeah. the, 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 the ocean. We see the cities, like massive cities like Shanghai and, and, yeah. and Beijing, which are just extraordinary. Yeah. And, and then you've got a lot of other variation in between. There are vast areas of just like what we would call felt you know, of, of, of kind of plains. And desert as well. And farms, right? <laughs> and just, snow. Yeah, like exactly. Mountains, mountains and snow. snow. <laughs> so if you were a South African who's used to seeing what we have around us all the time, sure. 
What is the first impression you have? You get off that plane, and I suppose you immediately see just these incredible buildings, right? Where did you Where did you land? I think first you just see a whole lot of people, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I mean, it's it's. I mean, China is huge, right? I thought South Africa was big, but China's massive. Mm. So you get to the airport, and literally, it's like you know a flood of people. They speak in Mandarin. Uh, you think you can speak Mandarin after you uh, spend it with language school. You find out that actually you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because uh, people speak very fast? Surprise, surprise. I think people speak very fast. There's different, um, there's different dialects as well within, within the Mandarin language. Mm-hmm. And having not actually interacted with Chinese people whilst I was here, you know, I, I just wasn't ready for you, 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 what experience. You, you, you were book there. smart, but you weren't street yeah, smart. Yeah, I was. I was. I was book smart. So, so first of all, just say to say to Pumi and I when you when you want to greet someone properly, how do you start? I was hoping you guys were not. No, come on. come on. You can't be that rusty. <laughs> no, nihao, nihao. I think. Okay, is, nihao is, is just is to say just, hello. Just hello. All right. Um, if you want to ask someone how they are, uh, it's my young. Okay. Yeah, it's my young. Um, and then if you want to ask, um, I don't know. Um, if when I get somewhere, yes. you can say, you "How know, do I go to?" Yeah, no. What's my choose? My shima, you know. Uh, okay. Or to Beijing, or shang to you know. Then, then yeah. So well, most can, importantly, so how do I get to the ladies? <laughs> <laughs> well, if if Butlale asks how you're going to get to the ladies, he's going to end up in some trouble. Yeah. So so that is my experience when I got to the airport. Um, very hard to navigate through the airport alone, right? Because yeah, sure. Uh, but I mean, once she said so, and it took me some time to settle in China, I was there for three years. Three years. Yeah, I was there for three years. You really uh, get to know a place if you're there for three years. Yeah, but I still feel like I haven't really, you know, got a grip of the place. How, wow. how much, how much time did you have to actually travel around and figure out what, what country China is and, and, and what sort of places there are within that country that you, you might want to explore? Sure. So I was fortunate because the, course I was on, um, which is Mandarin for Business, they allowed us to, or they gave us an opportunity to like travel often and go to different places within China. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very cool. Um, so I got to see different parts of China, developed China, developing China, the farms, the cities. You know, I went to Guangzhou, which is very popular with Africans. Right. Um, that's the one place where you go to and literally feel almost at home. Because why? <laughs> why is that? What is it? Because there's so many Africans there, right? Really? Um, there's so many Africans, and I think they are your traders. So they fly in, they fly into China, buy a few things, go back home, and sell them. Uh-huh. So that's why it's quite popular with with traders and and Africans as okay. well. So yeah, so so traveled widely. What's familiar? Like, what would you recognize in China that you would also get here? McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, so actually, KFC, my first, right? my first, my first month in China, that's all I ate because that's the no. only thing I could, I could, <laughs> you I knew. Could, I, that's the only thing I knew and, it had and recognized. Yeah, I had pictures, right? <laughs> and you know, I once walked into a restaurant, and the menu was completely in Chinese, right? Completely in oh, Chinese, wow. no pictures. And I'm starving and I'm thinking, I have no idea what I'm ordering here. And, you know, we couldn't understand each other, obviously, language barrier. So you end up just, you know, taking a guess, Whoa. hoping for the, hoping so for the best. Can, can you, so at the language lab, when you were learning Mandarin, mm-hmm. you learned conversational Mandarin. And writing. And, and writing. Yeah, so cause, and reading as well. Cause like the, it's not like, you know, Chinese letters are, 
Yeah, must yeah. be different to English letters. So you can't used. even figure it out. Yeah, you, you can't, can't even like. like no, you can't. <laughs> okay, so you you just ordered something and hope for the best. Did you, and just, you hope for the best? And did that did that change your? Your habit of going to the same boring McDonald's all the time <laughs> because then you were starting to try stuff, right? Yeah, so yeah, so, so, so I started trying stuff. I'd peep at people who were sitting next to me, like, okay, I'd ha- I have whatever they're having. Yeah, and nice. Looks, it looks nice, right? And 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 you go with it, right? Like you go with it. You find something you like, then you come back for that. Uh-huh. Then you become a bit more adventurous. You try something else. At the same time, you're getting better at the language. So now you know the chicken sign, the chicken character. Okay, that means that means chicken. Okay, it means beef. And you know you <laughs> <laughs> not to run into the stereotype of the black guy who wants to know the chicken sign. <laughs> what? So, did you develop a real taste for some things? Um. So yes. So yes, I did. I enjoy jalza. Jalza. Uh, I mean, I it's like my breakfast. What, what, is is, what is that? Um. It's like your like your stuffed. Like almost like stuffed, uh, stuffed buns. And I'll take almost like dumplings. Yeah, like dumplings. Yeah, dumplings. Okay. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. Yeah, that so was I, your breakfast. Yeah, it's like so. It's my go-to breakfast. Um, now that you're back here, do you miss those? I do. I have my days, and it's hard, so hard to find, right? <laughs> <laughs> and jang, jang, jang bing as well. What's jang? What's that? It's also like um, a mixture of like eggs and it's like a wrap. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, All very right. cool stuff. So, what what did you? You said earlier that you go with a stereotype, with certain stereotypes in your mind. Sure. So what did you go there with and then find that, hey, ain't nothing like that here? Yeah, so I thought I was going to a very disorganized type of place. Chaotic. Yeah, chaotic, right? Mm. And when I got there, like I was just so amazed at how orderly you know, parts of it are. Um, how developed the place is mm-hmm. You know, I mean There are parts of China I would flatter, you know European countries Or, you know Or the years Just how developed functioning You know Their trains Their buses well, their Public transport. transport must be something else You're yeah. moving that many people around In a huge sure, city like Beijing sure, It must be sure. unbelievable I mean, my mornings going to work Were so Always interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have these like Massive people All trying to get into this train In the morning And you literally push and shove to get onto, to get onto. I, I want to ask you something that might be a little bit sensitive, but I think mm. it's probably something a lot of people in South Africa would think. Are there a lot of black people in China, and do black people kind of stick out a little bit in China? So I think I was so in, in Beijing. Not so. I mean, there are quite a few, yeah. a number of black people. There's embassies there as well, so there's generally like a lot of black people. Um, what you find though is that when you go to tourist sites, like when you go to um, the Great Wall, for example. You'd find people from outside of the city, you know, also going to those places, mm-hmm. and that's where you get the stares, and you know, can't take a picture. So they want to touch you, yeah, or <laughs> touch you, and can't take a picture, you know. Wow. Uh, so yeah, that gave me a bit of insight in how it is it feels like to be a celebrity. Um, <laughs> nice. I'm not sure. I'm not oh, sure it's a... for me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's for me. Uh, but yeah, but definitely in the city, yes, you'll find a lot of black people. Outside, not so much. Literally, you find people who have never seen a black person before, mm. you know, so it's it's almost shocking. So, yeah. It was an adventure, right? It so was. So, what, the, the, what was the most exciting part of your adventure there? 
in three sure. years, I mean, what, what, what sticks out to your mind that you kind of even now look back and chuckle about? There's so many, but I'll pick one, right? So I think it was at the end of our semester, a friend of mine, um, also from, from SA, mm-hmm. we went on a backpacking tour around, around, around China, right? And that's when you really discover the place because you're living out, out from a bag, you're traveling in like trains, uh, like very slow trains. Or you're sitting on a seat for like 20 hours, you know, visiting the different, you know, historic sites. You know, we we're speaking about Xi'an just now, which is, you know, very beautiful. They have the terracotta statues there, mm. which is like a must-see uh, place. Um, That's and the tomb of the first emperor. Yeah. Emperor yeah, Qi. Yeah. That, that is amazing. They haven't even excavated most of it. Sure. The, the part that they've, they have opened up was discovered by accident. And this is the guy after whom China is named. I mean, it's the most incredible history. And they, they say that under that, that mountain, because he's buried under a mountain, yeah. th- there could be anything. There could be unbelievable treasures. And sure. obviously, they're taking their time to do it properly. So that it doesn't cave in. But it's, I mean... It's mind-blowing, right? It is mind-blowing. It's just yeah. absolutely incredible. That's the part of Chinese history I'm most fascinated by. Sure. And obviously, during the, the, the stories and the, and the, the various periods of Chinese history, there have been a lot of changes and political developments, and there's obviously a lot to see. How do you even begin to prioritize? Like, let's say I'm, I'm out there for a week. Uh, what would you say the things I should absolutely see? So I guess, I mean, I guess it would depend, right? Um, if you're more of a city type person, then obviously, you know, go to Shanghai. It's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's they have this restaurant on the top of a town, top of this tower, right? It revolves around and it's just, it's amazing views from there. Changing as well, also quite developed. So if, if that's your thing, like mm-hmm. big cities, then, you know, I'd say Beijing, Shanghai, Tianjin, um, Xi'an as well, to some extent. Uh, but if you're more of the countryside, uh, type person, um, they have amazing rice fields that you should check out. Um, um, I was in Suzhou for a bit as well. I stayed there for, for quite some time. It's coastal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very quiet, very chilled type place. So it's so different. There's just so much to China, right? There's just so many faces to China. So it would really just depend on the kind of traveler that you are. And Botlale, tell me about South Africa and, and the, the amount of South African business that, that we do with China and the, the amount of Chinese business that gets done here. Mm. And also how much interaction there is between the two countries. Sure. So, so, so it's, 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 it's growing. It's massive already, but it's, but our, our economic trade with China is, 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 is growing. Um, and I was fortunate. So the company I worked for was a consulting company based in China. So we actually helped quite a number of companies who were trying to come to China and do business or vice versa. Chinese companies trying to go to South Africa or, or Africa, mm. right? So it's quite interesting. Um, mining companies, Food and beverage companies also trying to get a foothold in China. Cause it's a massive market, right? It's, it's, it's a billion people. So as a company in SA looking to go to China, you're potentially tapping into a billion, a billion, billion people market. It's massive. So I think there's opportunities there for people to venture out into China for business. I know for tourists as well. I mean, China uh, right now is the largest tourism market. Right. That's right. They, if you go to, if you go to Paris, you know, it's, there's, they, they're everywhere to, to a point where 
they've trained their sales staff in Paris to speak Mandarin because that's their clientele, right? Yeah. You want to sell to them, you want to sell to them, and you want to speak to them in their well, language. Well, this is the point. I mean, Chinese people are curious about the world, and and the world is, I think, very interested in China. But most people just don't immediately think of it as a tourism destination. Mm. And we're going to talk in a moment to Jen Su, who's on the line, and she has spent an inordinate amount of time in China. You may know Jen Su from the show. She's been a regular contributor to, to cliffcentral.com. And before that, she was also our entertainment contributor. We've speaking to, uh, spoken to Jen, rather, about so many things before. And this morning, I want to talk to her about the amazing things that you can experience living in China, what she misses, what visitors to China should look out for and be aware of. We'll talk a bit about food, nightlife, markets, fashion, and customs. So hang on for all of that. Pumi Mashiko is with ask, me. Mm. I, I have to ask this. Biggest sure. learning. So you went there because you wanted to learn. Mm. You wanted to open up your mind and because you wanted to bring it back home. What would you say is the one thing you that's the biggest learning that you took from China that you brought back home with you? Um, I think just the entrepreneurial spirit and culture of the place, right? Like literally they, I mean, there's just so many entrepreneurs trying different things. And um, you know, our view of China has always been copycat China, right? They just make fake, fake, fake stuff. And I mean, I, I admire that to some extent because you're still trying to make a product. I like to you call learn. it retro engineering. <laughs> you learn. <laughs> you learn, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, literally if we were in China, there'd be a cliff central next door. They might call it cliff with like one less if, you know. <laughs> yeah, boy. And, you know, that's just the extent at which they just go out there and, and, do, and stuff. do stuff. So and improve and improve on things very often. Sure, you know sure. some of the some of the more innovative and and clever ideas that are going sure. on at the moment, especially in technology, are coming from people who figured out how to build it, how to build it the other way around, and how to add to it. Build it, sure. And I think as so now it's more it's more of an innovative China. So I think they've gone through the copycat China phase. Mm. We're seeing you know Chinese products which are really great. I mean Huawei, for example, you massive know, massive business. Um, People don't even see it as a, as a Chinese product. They don't make the connection that it's actually a Chinese product mm. because we're still stuck in that, you know, low quality idea of China. I think that's changed. Yeah. Um, they're making cars now. They're building airplanes. Mm. Um, so it's, it's mind blowing. Well, Butlale, thank you very much for coming to share your so story cool. with us. Yeah. Very so cool. cool to meet you. As I was saying, Pumi Mashiko is uh, our co-host here on How's It China. We're going to figure out how, how much we do and don't know about China. Botlale, very nice to meet you. Great. I've got Jen Su on the line. Hey, Jen, how are you? Hi, Gareth. Nice to talk to you. You know I don't know how to respond, Jen, but I'll try. Um, Jen no, Su, I'm going to get you speaking Chinese soon. <laughs> Jen Su's been uh, on the show so many times, but we've never actually spoken much about China. And you've spent a lot of time there. Um, you obviously are, are linked to China. Both your parents are from there. Um, you consider mm-hmm. it to be one of the places in the world that you love to be in. You've just recently spent quite a, quite a bit of time in Shanghai, right? That's right. I lived there, you know, for four years. Um, I went there first when I was a young girl with my parents. My father was quite prominent in the medical field, and uh, we were invited um, along with a delegation to visit. And that was just an eye-opening experience. And I was very fortunate that after living in South Africa, I also had a chance to go back and live in Shanghai. And my bro- uh, my two sons went to school there. And um, we love China. This is an incredible, vibrant country, warm and welcoming. And um, 
It's fantastic. I mean, it's got the best food on the planet. Sorry, I'm a little biased, but <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the cuisine is is so varied. You know, anything from your Peking duck, which is Beijing kaoya, which is like on another level in in China. Okay, to Sichuan, uh, kind of this very spicy food.、Mm-hmm. You know, you've got hot pot, you've got、uh, Shandong, which is very fresh and salty with a lot of seafood dishes. Guangdong cai, which is Cantonese food, you know, and sort of more Swedish sweet type of cuisine. There's、um, We, I love the Chinese breakfast,、mm-hmm. and the Chinese breakfast has soybean milk. We call doujiang.、Um, we have these deep-fried dough sticks, youtiao. They call them oil sticks. <laughs> yeah, and they are so yummy.、Uh, we dip them in the in the soybean milk. We have steamed buns with the. It's filled with、um, sort of this, you know, hot steamy meat. And also, my favorite is xiaolongbao, which are these little. Dragon dumplings.、Yeah. They are these hot and juicy dumplings, and when you bite into them, they just squeeze out all the juice, and it's the most delicious thing. I, I really miss <laughs> the breakfast in China. I yeah, tell you, you're making everybody very, very hungry here. We can hear it in your <laughs> voice. You, you, I, you can、yes. actually taste the food. So, Jen, <laughs>、um, tell me about life in China because when you when you live there, it's very different to being a tourist. What is the nightlife like? Oh, the nightlife is incredible, especially in Shanghai, where I was living.、Um, you know, it's vibrant. People are out at all times of night, and it's so safe walking around. I mean, I feel extremely safe there.、Uh, one really important thing is that there is always surveillance there.、Um, you just feel a lot safer, you know. And I really enjoyed. Just experiencing everything that there is in Chinese culture, you know, rich in history for thousands of years. Whether、mm. it's the music, the literature, martial arts, cuisine, visual arts, the architecture, the entrepreneurial spirit, there is so much to discover there. And when you were talking about the Great Wall, that's the other thing that's like beyond a belief, which is the number of places、uh, that you can discover in China. The Great Wall is a must-see. Um, you know whether it's the Forbidden City,、oh, wow. the Bund in Shanghai, the、mm-hmm. Temple of Heaven,、um, the Pearl Tower, Yuan Gardens, the Suzhou Rock Gardens, the Terracotta Warriors、mm-hmm. in Xi'an,、um, the Yangtze River. You can go through the Three Gorges, the Summer Palace, you know West Lake in Hangzhou, the Pandas in Chengdu. There's so much that you can really experience, and I would suggest that anyone, you know, if you're going to China to to travel, or even for work, you know, you're probably going to have to get away and go and travel a little bit. Is do your research in advance, you know, because、uh, you want to make the best and the most of your time there.、Um, definitely learn a little bit of Chinese. Mandarin, of course, is the most widely spoken, and you can get on the internet. And download an app in your cell phone. I think the most important app you have to download is WeChat,、mm-hmm. which you were the one that really got going all over South Africa, Gareth, which I loved. And WeChat is the way that all Chinese communicate、right. uh, in China. There, that is probably the number one thing. So, you know, if you are going there, that's what you must have. And also, what I love is that you don't even need to carry a wallet. Everybody. Uses、um, they scan their QR code, so it's WeChat Pay, you know, AliPay, we call Chifubao, you know, all kinds of different、uh, apps which you use、um, by scanning QR codes to 
meet people, to pay for things, and um, Jen, while we're talking it's about, just very, very easy to get around. While we're talking about paying for things, what kind of shopping? Because I know a lot of a lot of South Africans love to go overseas because they like to shop. Now, I imagine in China there's plenty of stuff that we don't get here in South Africa, but they're also really interesting markets and 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 shopping centers and places that you could go to what kinds of stuff do you love to buy when you're there well i love to go to the uh, markets you know whether it's in the evening or in the daytime markets Mm -hmm. um i especially love to go to buy fresh vegetables and fish in the morning um i loved actually going to the markets on my bike um every day i would get my hair done for it cost me five rand to get my hair done in the market. <laughs> so whenever I'm at Fashion Week and I look like, you know, on Instagram, like I'm all quaffed and, you know, I have like perfect hairdo. It's actually was cost five rand wow. in the wow. market. And then, yeah, and then I go and I, I buy fabric sometimes. Um, I love to go and, and buy some of the arts and crafts, you know, and there's so many uh, beautiful types of, you know, visual arts and crafts that are available so you really have to go through the the markets i guess and just experience it for yourself there's tons of types of souvenirs and fashion and crafts what about fashion fashion is really out there now i've just you know i'm in new york fashion week right now and the number of chinese designers um, is so impressive. They really, Alibaba sent the Tmall team to come out and do China wow. Cool. So they've really, you know, um, been a very strong and um, important force in, you know, how fashion is being delivered. In fact, they have robots, robotic, I guess, models even in one of the shows um, walking down the catwalk, which I thought was pretty awesome. And you just really feel like things are moving at a fast pace in China. They're technological, very uh, technologically, very forward, very savvy. You know, you just feel like things are moving at a fast pace. And um, what I really like is... You know, uh, people just, they respect your time. So, uh, if you're ever going, you know, for business meetings, always be on time. There's no Africa time in China. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're organized, they're efficient. Um, if you think about like the 2008 Summer Olympic Games in Beijing, you know, when mm-hmm. they had that opening ceremony, how detailed and organized and the depth mm-hmm. of choreography. I mean, that's what China sets China apart from the rest. You see like the detail and attention to detail. That's really like what things are like everywhere there. My housekeeper, you know, everything was like in perfect order. Just, you know, people really take pride in their work and they're very detailed. Um, when you go there, I also have a little suggestion, which is to make sure when to have a number of name cards. Now, with WeChat, you have a chance to scan your QR codes and that's how we meet people and, you know, exchange information, keep contacts. But having a business card and if you can do it in English and Chinese, that really would be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you present the card, you always present your name card to the other person with two hands. Um, and then with the name, like Gareth Cliff, it would be facing them. So okay. it's yes. not, not upside down. And then when they receive the name card, they receive the name card with two hands. And the same goes with gifts. When you present gifts you know, to people, and you should definitely bring some souvenirs. Bring little souvenirs from South Africa. Um, I 
brought these sort of beaded, hand beaded, uh, South African bracelets that were made in the villages. And I brought them, you know, and I just put them in nice little, uh, gift bags and brought them to friends or people who I would meet in China. And they loved that. And they're always giving me little gifts. It's a, it's, you know, it's very much in the culture. So it's good to have something in exchange. It doesn't have to be very expensive, but something that has deep meaning. And when you present the gift, you also present it with two hands. And if they don't open the gift in front of you, don't be offended. That's Chinese custom as well. They normally will open the gift, you know, quietly away from sight. Um, and that's a very different thing than, you know, the Western way of just opening the gift in front of somebody. So, so you know. Jane, one of the things that I'm very interested in with China is the the art and decor, which is a very different aesthetic from what we're used to seeing on in the Western side of the world. Um, are there any particularly exciting or interesting places that a person can go to to see that, to see more of the the Chinese art and and decor? Like the, well, the definitely. I mean, the number of wallpapers you know, that have that. But also, uh, I would suggest if you go to like the Suzhou Rock Gardens, um, one of the there's there's a number of rock gardens there where you really see. Uh, how they handle feng shui. Remember we talked mm. about feng shui, which is the Chinese geomancy and how that works. Um, everything, you know, is, uh, specifically organized and laid out, you know, in a specific plan that is going to be the most auspicious. Um, and, uh, you know, there's so many different principles in feng shui, whether it's in your home, removing clutter and, you know, having a clear path with a lot of air and light, which we call qi, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Those those are all very important. But, um, you know, you'll see that wherever you go, it's it, sometimes it really jumps out at you and sometimes, you know, less so. But when you do go to the art museums, you can see, you know, the scroll paintings, the ancient Chinese paintings, but also going to the rock gardens, you know, Amazing. going out to see all of the natural beauty and how they also work out feng shui. Sounds mm. fantastic. Uh and are there any things <laughs> that people, you know, when you're traveling, you you bring a part of, of what you've always known, like we shake hands, mm. we, you know, are there any kind of things that South Africans take for granted that we do when meeting new people that in China could possibly be kind of misunderstood or taken the wrong way? Yeah, well, I think, you know, when you talk about shaking hands, um, you can, you do shake hands. However, we don't shake hands quite like the way the Westerners do. <laughs> like in America, they literally grab your hand and like almost <laughs> rip it off there <laughs> when they shake hands. When sometimes, you know, I meet people in, uh, you know, in the West and they just grab me and start hugging and, and kissing me on the cheek. You know, that's not really the way that we would greet in China. Um, <laughs> Uh, people are more reserved. It doesn't mean that they're not friendly. They're incredibly friendly, but it's just a different way. You know, the, the, yeah. the Chinese culture, the Asian culture is much more reserved. Um, we are, you know, we also have a lot of personal sort of space when taking See, photos. So when you're taking selfies with someone, don't just, you know, grab them and like, you know, push you know, your way into a picture with them. Absolutely. You still have to yeah. Be, yeah, you have to respectable distance. 
Yeah, right. but of course, you know, nowadays people are a lot more friendly uh, in the sense of, you know, more open. And so all of that, you know, I think you just have to see the the situation. But uh, I really respect and I'm so happy that, you know, in China, they still retain all those values of harmony, courtesy, honesty, loyalty and filial piety, which, you know, is really lacking in uh, mm. the society that we know. And um, and I really hope that uh, all of us can learn a lot from, you know, what Chinese culture can teach us. Well, Jen, it's always a pleasure to speak to you, and it's really cool to speak to you about something that's so close to yeah, your heart. Because, I agree. You know, we've, we've often spoken about entertainment and the rest of it, but to talk to you about China, which you have such a connection to, is really impressive. And I've got to say thank you very much for being part of our first episode of How's It China? And we thought we'd kick it off today with Jen Su and with Botlale Siacheng, who uh, helped us to explore some of the experiences that you can have when you're in China, some of that immersion into Chinese culture and life and food and and, and nightlife and all the rest of it. So thank you for joining us for the first episode of How's It China, a weekly segment we will bring to you focusing on China's history in South Africa, the cuisine, the language, the opportunities in China for South Africans, and the opportunities for China in South Africa, as well as many other interesting things. Join us every Tuesday while Pumi and I get to grips with all of this and so much more. This is How's It China with Cliff Central and China Plus. Download the podcast on the Cliff Central website, app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.